Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Now, you got to admit, I'm in a pretty good mood considering what went down last night. I was able to sleep on it. Last night, I was not in such a good mood. Last night, I was pretty freaking irritable. Pretty freaking irritable because I had a case of the red ass. Probably because my eyes were burning. In fact, they're still burning. I'm still in searing pain from the latest Thursday night slob fest. See, it's even, it's affecting my mouth, man, my tongue, my head. I feel like my brain got rewired the wrong way from watching that game last night. Like, it's turning my mind to mush. Even if I and everybody else on the planet knew what was coming last night. I mean, we all fully expected ass. What I did not expect was triple ass. Here's what nobody saw coming. The historically pathetic Patriots offense exploding out of nowhere. Like the greatest show on turf to start that game. We thought that might be, and I was going to hit. I didn't hit the under, but I was going to hit the under. We thought that might be one of the lowest scoring games ever. Instead, the Pats scored more points in the first half last night than they had in the previous three games combined. And by the way, against a pretty good Pittsburgh defense in Pittsburgh. In other words, great look, Pittsburgh. Great look for you. Always awesome when you get dunked on in your house on national television, in prime time, by a 2-10 team that just lost five games in a row in eight of their last nine. But you know what's even better than that, Steeler fan? When it's the second time in two weeks that you lost to a 2-10 team on your field that had lost eight of your last nine. How is this even possible? Seriously, Mike Tomlin, I'm looking at you now, dude. I would never, ever call this guy out like that. I'm looking at you, Mike. How does that happen? I know you lied to America when you fired up that Twitter app back in the day, long before it became the X, and it was still Twitter. And you promised straight fire from your feed and never gave us anything at all. Yeah, well, you might want to take some of that straight fire that you reneged on, on what is now the X, and blast it at your own team. Because I have never seen one of your teams look more lifeless, more unmotivated, and more out of it than it looks right now. More depressed than it looks right now. More miserable than it looks right now. How the hell do the Patriots, who have nothing to play for, except for a high draft pick, come into your house when you have everything to play for and play with grit and heart, and your dudes just lay down. How is that possible, and how is that possible from a Mike Tomlin coach team? How is it possible also to get your ass beat by the Cardinals and then have your players admit after that game that they did not take Arizona seriously and then yet turn around and come out and completely fall flat the following week? Go ahead, Alvy. I will allow it today. You have my permission. Cue up SJP. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, Mike. Your team admitted they weren't ready for Arizona last week. That in and of itself doesn't make any sense. And then they chase that with this performance? 
She's right. It doesn't make any sense. She's right. She nailed it. You've got Pittsburgh out here playing for a playoff spot. Mitch Trubisky. Er, Trubisky? Mitch Trubisky. Is playing for his career. And they all no-show. Completely. Like, I knew this was a phony-ass seven-win team. What I didn't know is that they were this much of a disaster. And I really didn't know that Kenny Pickett was Terry Bradshaw compared to Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that offense was so horrific. Mitch Trubisky. And the play calling so bizarre last night. The Steeler fan was actually missing Matthew Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And do you know how hard it is to make Steeler fan miss Matthew Nova Scotia? Do you know how much they hated that guy? So hard that until last night, I would have told you it was impossible. <laughs> what they'd give to have that guy back now, right? He was the single most hated man in all of Pittsburgh. Right now, he could probably run for governor of Pennsylvania. Turns out this team has got much bigger problems than Matthew Canada. Namely, they're playing like crap across the board, and they look absolutely miserable doing it. The Steelers look like they hate each other more than they hate the other team. Nobody on the outside is enjoying this Steelers season, and apparently nobody on the inside is either. Nobody! Like, I can't believe that George Pickens hasn't just taken his ball and gone home yet. Or pulled an Antonio Brown and stripped down and peaced out mid-game. Because every single week, <laughs> every single week, it looks like he's on the verge of doing exactly that. That was funny, Alvy. What happened to this team? What happened to this defense? See, another example of you're not what your record says you are. You're not what your record says you are because there's no way this team was 7-4. and four. What happened to Mike Tomlin's Coach of the Year campaign? Weren't we ready to give that to that guy like five minutes ago? Two weeks ago, they're seven and four, and he looked like he was doing some of the best work of his job of his career. Now it looks like he's completely lost the team. Can I reset that? Two weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, it looked like he was doing the best work of his entire career, and now it looks like he lost the team. How does that happen? So forgive me if I'm not exactly convinced. By Tomlin's tough guy answer to the obvious question of the night. What gives you the confidence that y'all can pick yourselves up off the mat after two straight weeks of eating the fists, Mike, of two in ten teams? Mike, what gives you the confidence that you guys can be back after two losses? Because this is what we do. This is who we are. It is? Is it? You know, normally in years past, when Mike Tomlin would show up and say that, you'd be like, damn. I mean, he always had your attention, right? But this this is what we do? This is who we are? This is what we do. This is who we are. Hey, Mike, this is news to us. This is exactly what the rest of us see right now. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you what we see right now, and I'll tell you exactly who you are right now. It's just me, some knucklehead behind a mic. Outside your locker room, you would know better. But I'm going to tell you how you look. I'm not going to tell you how you are or who you are, but I would tell you how you look. You look like a team that got your asses beat by 2-10 teams in back-to-back home games. 
You're a team where players admit they don't take games seriously and do not prepare hard enough. You're a team that has not won a playoff game in six years. You're a team with one of the most perennially excruciating offenses in all football. Even Iowa hates watching you guys try to move the ball. Your offense is a perennial pain. You know what? It's a perennial ass. Ask any Steeler. So, again, the question, who are the Steelers? That's who you are right now. Because this is what we do. I just told you what you do. This is who you we are. You lose to two and ten teams back-to-back when you're a seven and four team and you've got a shot at the playoffs. That's what you do. That's who you are. Ask any Steeler fan. They'll back me up because the only people more sick of the Steelers than the Steelers themselves are their fans, and they deserve better. But you know what? If you don't care about the fans or they're just fans, go find one of your players. Go find a respected player. Go find somebody like Minka Fitzpatrick. That's a player. That's a vet. That's a respected vet. He was the latest to run to the media to dish about what a dumpster fire this team is right now. Here is what he told ESPN, quote, in order to see the fruit, you got to toil for it. I think too many people don't want to toil for it. They just want to walk out here and think that they're going to make plays and think that they're going to perform at a high level. I think we need to have more people who want to work for it, not expect it to be handed to them. This is the NFL. Nothing's handed to you. You got to earn everything. End of quote. I mean, wow. So that's who you are. Minka says your guys don't want to toil for it. Last week, Jalen Warren told, told us that the team didn't take the Cardinals seriously and did not prepare properly. So at this point, I think it's fair to say that's what you are. That's what you do. This is what we do. This is who we are. Your own guys are saying opposite of that. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating an old shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Oh, and one more thing. In regards to who you are and what you do, you get dominated by the hood. That's who you are and what you do. Belichick is now 10-3 for his career against Tomlin. This one's got to feel so sweet for the mumbler. Rolling into Pittsburgh with Bailey Zappi and exploding for three first-half TDs. That's got to be the ultimate troll win. Follow me on this. The ultimate troll victory for the hood, especially since Pat's fan doesn't really want those wins. My half fam, 
My half chowed fam has turned the page to the draft already. My half chowed fam is Caleb Williams and Drake May. They're in that mode. So, of course, the hood man trolls everybody with a massive primetime road win over a 7-5 and team after scoring only 13 points over the previous three games. Classic, classic hood. Classic. Maybe that's all that Bill has left at this point. For motivation, I mean. Trolling. The man has virtually achieved everything else, right? So, if you really think about it, the last two seasons have been one gigantic troll job. Whether it's Matt the Ticonderoga coaching the offense, Joe the leader of men coaching the quarterbacks, or the constant mind games with Mac, or the drafting of a kicker in the fourth round, or refusing to add any high-end talent to his offense. Maybe that's what the hood is truly aiming for at this point in his career. Not running down Don Shula, just trolling the hell out of everybody. If that's his deal, he did a great job last night because I'm pretty sure basically nobody came away happy about that result. Who's happy about that? That's got to be how the hood man wanted it. Hood man's probably like, uh-huh, hey, radio man. <laughs> you know what's going on here, radio man? 4D chess. Does that make sense to you, radio man? 4D chess. Not just chess. Nah, hey, radio man, you're playing checkers, and the rest of them are playing chess, but not me. Four-dimensional chess. You finally figured it out. I'm not tanking. I am trolling. There's a difference. They both start with T, but that's the only thing. Tanking, trolling, tanking, trolling. Bob Kraft and Bacon Face and all the chowds and you yourself, radio man, and Mac Jones can all kiss my ass. We are an embarrassment. We are not good enough to matter. We're not good enough to matter, much less contend for anything. But I refuse to give the fans and Bobby and all the other boobs and most of all you, Radio Man, what you want. A high draft pick. This is why I went into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. So I can urinate. Follow me on this, Radio Man. So I can urinate on you and all your parades and all the plans. And you want to know what else is fun? This is fun, Radio Man. I'm going to urinate on all you. And you know what else? I ate asparagus last night. Ha! Ha! Tell me how my troll ass tastes. Hey, you like that, radio man? Hey, Fox Bro, seriously. You can kiss Caleb and May goodbye. Because you're not getting them. Have fun with the zap man. Never mind Pickett's tiny hands. The Steelers would have a better chance having Pickett start with no hands. They could roll that guy out there in stumps. All right, so maybe that's an exaggeration. But you saw that fourth down and two call, right? With the game on the line. I mentioned the play calling. Trubisky deciding to throw it deep on fourth and two with the game on the line? What? Fourth down and two. Shotgun formation. Three receivers to the left. One to the right. Trubisky in the pocket. Trubisky off his back foot. Floats it high in the air. Incomplete. And the Steelers come up empty on fourth down. Yeah, surprised they took a shot down the field. Haven't seen it all game long, and they decide on fourth and two to try to blow this thing open. Right. The hell kind of play call is that? That's right. The hell kind of play call is that, and especially with that guy under center. You don't see that all game long like, oh, hey, hey, we'll catch him off guard. No, you won't. Come on. You didn't throw a long pass all night long. You don't take a deep shot all night long, but you do it there. 
with Mitch? Why don't you go ahead, grab the playbook, and tear out all the pages that include a forward pass? I always felt bad playing the tiny hands alarm because it's not Pickett's fault, right? But Mitch is so much worse, and that is his fault. We almost need a Mitch Trubisky alarm. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. There it is. That is Mitch the Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky alarm. Mitch Trubisky. And I don't feel badly about that. Mitch Trubisky. I've always felt Mitch guilty Trubisky. about the tiny hands alarm. Mitch Trubisky. Not only tiny do I not feel Trubisky. badly about this alarm, Mitch I'm proud of this alarm. Mitch I love this alarm. Whenever I watch this guy, I think about that one jerk in Chicago. They used to call this show all the time and try to get into me about, hey, Rome, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Trubisky is a great draft pick. Trubisky is going to be an incredible player. There literally was a guy in Chicago that used to call this show, like, furious and trying to take me to task. Where are you now, bro? That's the crazy thing. Like, I don't care about any of the hate. I don't care about any of the calls. I don't care about any of the disagreement. But... But that guy, for some reason, that guy stayed with me. That one dude, I don't remember his name, but he would call from Chicago when I was killing them for that draft pick and killing him for his play, and this guy was so angry and always coming at me, always coming for me. Where are you now, dude? I've got something I want you to hear. Mitch Trubisky. That. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. The Mitch Trubisky alarm. Mitch Trubisky. Bro, you know your career was on the line last night, right? I have never seen a guy who seemed less interested or less sure of himself or who needed a game worse than that guy show up like that. I'm in shock. There it is. The world premiere of the Mitch Trubisky alarm. And I'm not apologizing for that. Not even sorry, Mitch not Trubisky. sorry. I mean, not. I'm not sorry. Mitch Trubisky. I apologize Mitch Trubisky. to absolutely nobody Mitch for that. Trubisky. My man, you earned that. Mitch Trubisky. So when you were in Chicago and running around the facility and turning Mitch off all the TVs Trubisky. because people were coming for you, I would do that Mitch right Trubisky. now because I'm on TV and I'm on radio. You should go around turning off all the radios too because you, my friend, have your Mitch own alarm. Trubisky. Because it's just not fair that people be subjected to your play without knowing it. That's why there's an alarm. If there's a fire, the alarm goes off. If there's an earthquake, the alarm goes off. If you step on a field and somebody puts a football in your hand, there's an alarm that goes off. It's going off in the cafeteria. Little kids diving under the desks. You know what they're going to do now? Nationwide, they're going to have... Not fire drills, but Mitch Trubisky drills. And they're going to practice. And little kids nationwide are going to hear the Mitch Trubisky alarm and either get under their desks or head out in an orderly fashion to the playground. Mitch Trubisky. And head to a Trubisky shelter. Mitch Trubisky. You know, like doomsday shelters. There are now Trubisky shelters. And don't correct me on the pronunciation of his name. I know. I know. It's a play on the big head. You ever do that? You have fire alarms in school when you were a kid? The bell would ring. And the teachers would be like, kids, kids, let's go, let's go. File out in an orderly fashion. 
to the exit. Single foul line. Get to the playground. Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen now with Trubisky alarms. Wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, Avi. I don't know if you're flashing back to this. So we're right now. We're late right now. But the, here's a flashback Friday. Where we broadcast from right now is a single-level facility. Where we used to broadcast from in our final year, for whatever reason, and I don't remember why, maybe you do, Alvy. we were on the 16th floor, and they would constantly have these fire alarms, and we would have to go, and then, by the way, we were not allowed to use the elevator, so we would file out 16 floors, and then they'd make a stand outside for a good 30 minutes, 45 minutes. We just weren't built for that. We were there to get our work done and get out. So we started to ignore it. And then they knew that we were the ones ignoring it, and they'd send security, and, and they'd be like, you got to go, you got to go. And I didn't want to be a smart aleck about it, and I would say, with all due respect, security guy, no, I did not go, you know who the hell I am? I didn't do that. But I would say, with all due respect, security guy, is there an actual fire? Because I, I, I just don't want to walk down 16 more floors, because I have work to do. Mr. Rome, Mr. Rome, get, get. Now, luckily, mostly it was in the afternoon after the show. It didn't wreck our mornings, but it was going on over and over and over again. And you couldn't use the elevator, and we would just be standing around with our thumbs up our butts, wondering when we could re-enter the building. Bad memories. And there you go. Find me somebody else who can just go like that for 27 minutes. Sorry, not sorry. That was the world premiere of the Trubisky alarm. Mitch Trubisky. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Kyle Rudolph. Kyle, what's going on? Great to get caught up. Nice to have you on the show, dude. How are you? I'm great, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Always good to catch up with you. Yeah, you too, dude. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. So before we talk about the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, because I know that's important to you as a three-time nominee, tell me about your first football season without being on the field. How has that gone for you personally and professionally? Well, personally, I feel a lot better physically this time of the year. Uh, than I have the last 12 or 15 years or so. Um, but, you know, it's something that as a football player, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. Like, you, you never know when it's going to end. And I was very fortunate to have played as long as I did and to be able to walk away from the game on my own. That doesn't mean you you won't miss what what I used to do for a living and what I used to get to do every Sunday. And I think there's just – there's things about football that you can never replicate in your life. Now, I've certainly filled the time in my life with stuff like All True um, and, and trying to keep myself busy. Uh, certainly, uh, my wife and kids don't just want me at the house hanging out all day, getting in their way. Uh, so it's, it's kept me busy. Um, it, it certainly occupies my time and my mind. 
And, you know, for me, what better way to spend my time than trying to help others make a difference who share that same passion that I share. And it allows me to continue to identify myself as someone who makes a difference in communities, which I was able to do while I was playing now that I'm retired as well. Talking to Kyle Rudolph, I'm going to ask you and follow up on that in one second. I want to ask you about your career in the sense that as the Vikings record holder for most career TD receptions by a tight end, you're always going to be connected to that franchise. Kyle, when you think about the 2017 season, which included a trip to the NFC Championship game after the Minneapolis miracle against the Saints in the divisional round, when you think back on that year, what do you remember most about that season and that team? Uh, I mean... That was our shot. You know, you, you play this game long enough. And, you know, I remember that year and kind of going through that run of games in the playoffs. And for me, that was my seventh year in the NFL. Prior to that, I had uh, an early exit in the wild card round in 2012. Um, you know, we lost in the wild card round in 2015. And that year we, we had a first round bye. We won in the divisional round. We were one game away from the Super Bowl. And ultimately, just telling everyone in our locker room, like, especially the younger guys, th this doesn't just happen every year. Do not take this for granted. Being one game away from the Super Bowl, you may never get back here again. I ultimately went and played five more years after that and never got that close again. So uh, I think back to that playoff run, how close we were to the Super Bowl, really the way the NFC Championship game played out. We scored on the first drive. We were up 7 nothing. We got the ball back after a, a – the Eagles offense uh, moved it a little bit, but then punted cross midfield. And then we threw a pick six and it was like seven, seven next, next time, next, you know, you blinked. And I think it was 28 to seven next coming out of the half. And, you know, it was just a game that we felt like got off to a great start. We were in control. And then all of a sudden uh, nothing went our way. And ultimately the Eagles came back to Minneapolis, won the Super Bowl that year. So, you know, for me, I'll always remember that year as, the, the closest opportunity I ever had to get to playing in the big one. Mm. Kyle Rudolph is joining us. You know, the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins the following year. It did not take you long to get on the same page with him. In fact, you caught a TD pass in his Viking debut. How would you describe the connection and the chemistry the two of you had in that offense in the three years that you played together? Well, I think, you know, you just look at the offense. And I remember at that time um, we had – John D. Filippo came over from Philly. Uh, Zach Ertz was a guy who caught a ton of balls in that offense. And then Kevin Stefanski was in the quarterback room. And, and Kevin had his experience with all of the personnel. He had been with us for the seven years bo before that. Um, as the offense evolved, the next year, Gary Kubiak came over. And he had an offense that was very tight end friendly. Um, so I think, you know, for me, just you had two guys that had played a lot of football. Uh, in Kirk and myself. And, you know, I just tried to always pride myself up until Kirk. I had six different opening day starters in six years. So, um, you know, it was good for me to to have some consistency uh, year seven, eight, nine, or year eight, nine, and 10, getting to start with the same quarterback, going through the off season, knowing who your quarterback was going to be. Uh, so just all the extra work that we're able to put in those off seasons, uh, training camps, you know, you're not splitting reps with quarterbacks. There's no quarterback competition, things like that. So 
uh, I think that's what allowed us to to build a relationship and build chemistry and get on the same page. So, Cal, you were the pro's pro. I'm curious. You finished your career playing for the Bucks, which meant that you played a year with Tom Brady, and that turned out to be his final year as well. What was your biggest takeaway from playing with him? Uh, you know, for me, having played for Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame, I felt like, you know, immediately when I got there in 2008, it was the Patriots offense just – you took the Patriots logo off and put the Notre Dame logo on our playbook. So we were watching early 2000s, mid 2000s Patriots film all the time. I was studying Tom. I was watching him on tape. And then I got to the NFL and I got to, to watch from afar uh, a couple times on the opposing sideline. Tom and I kind of had a relationship a little bit. We communicated just because of the connection with Coach Weiss. And then ultimately when I got to be in the locker room with him and be around him, you know, he exceeded every expectation that that I ever had of him as a person. Um, we all know him as the greatest football player ever, but what you don't realize is he's an even better human being, an even better teammate, an even better guy around the locker room. And uh, for me, just to be able to spend one year with him, and it certainly was a year that didn't go the way I thought it was going, the way anyone thought it was going to go in that locker room, but yet... He was the same guy day in and day out, leading our offense, ultimately leading our team uh, to try to get the most out of everybody. Cal Rudolph is joining us. Cal, you're the co-founder of All True, which rallies support for charitable causes. What more can you tell us about that and what you're doing with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award presented by Nationwide? Well, thanks to Nationwide, we're able to lead a campaign. And as you know, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is the highest award in our game. You know, it's it's the greatest honor. And, and 32 guys are nominated for this award, one from each team. And for these 32 guys, being a three-time nominee myself, I know what it's like and how incredible this honor is. So for me, there was always more. You know, I haven't been nominated for the award since uh, 2018 was the last year I was nominated. But I've always remained close with everyone involved in the award, uh, what Walter Payton's legacy means and trying to do everything I can to continue to carry that on each and every year that I'm further removed from the game of football. And thanks to Nationwide, Ultra was able to rally support directly from our fans and, you know, the greatest fans in the world. Football fans have the opportunity to directly support their nominees. So uh, you have a chance to donate directly to your favorite team's nominee or your favorite player may be nominated. And 100% of those proceeds go directly to the charity of their choice because of nationwide sponsorship. So you get to donate, support your favorite player. And the cool part about it is, and one of the things that I enjoy most about this platform, you have a chance to win some incredible experiences, once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, getting to meet some of these guys, uh, getting to be on the field pregame, uh, maybe go out to dinner. Uh, we had some guys that got to sit courtside at an NBA game. So uh, these are just once-in-a-lifetime experiences for our fans. And not only are we providing once-in-a-lifetime experiences, we're raising incredibly large amounts of money directly for these player causes. And uh, for me, it's always been about how can I – do something that elevates these men platform and also amplifies the impact that they're already making. They're nominated for a reason. They're doing incredible work in their community. So, you know, how can I help 
the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, continue to support them and give them the opportunity to do the great work that they're already doing in their communities. How by doing exactly what you're doing right now. Well done. Kyle Rudolph joining us, former tight end. He did announce his retirement on September 4th after 12 seasons. Kyle, always good to get caught up with you. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much. Hope you and I can chat again soon. Thanks, Jim. Likewise. Happy holidays. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. All right, so, you know, very rarely am I at a loss for words. After all, I am a wordsmith. Very rarely am I surprised by anything that I see because I've seen pretty much everything. But I got to admit, this whole Sean McDermott 9-11 controversy, when that dropped yesterday, I was pretty much stunned. (laughs) For a few hours, I had no words. Like, of all the absurd NFL coaching controversies, This one might be the most absurd. Might be the flat-out dumbest one ever. Even Pervin Liar skipping a team flight to chase tail in CBUS thinks that this one is hard to believe. Staying to see the grandkids. If you somehow missed all of this yesterday, Ty Dunn put out a three-piece or a three-part piece basically highlighting the reasons that Sean McDermott is what's wrong with the Bills. And none of it is a great look for Sean, but one particular passage is about the worst look ever for anybody. The passage in question, you probably know by now, but it involves a 2019 team meeting in which McDermott decided to give one of the most outrageously inappropriate, nonsensical, and really idiotic examples of good teamwork that anybody has ever heard or will ever hear. Quote, he told the entire team they needed to come together, but then sources on hand say that he used a strange model, the terrorists on September 11, 2001. He cited the hijackers as a group of people who were all able to get on the same page to orchestrate attacks to perfection. One by one, McDermott started to ask specific players in the room questions. What tactics do you think they use to come together? A young player tried to methodically answer, what do you think their biggest obstacle was? A veteran answered, TSA, which mercifully lightened the mood. End of quote. Uh Uh-oh! I mean, the hell is that? How is that even real? That can't be real. (laughs) Those were my initial reactions. Like, the hell is that? That can't be real. That can't be real. And that's what I thought. Until Sean hit a podium almost immediately and confirmed it. And then he chased it with one of the most bizarre non-apologies ever. I want to reference um, the team meeting that has been brought up. Uh, My intent in the meeting that day was to discuss the importance of communication and being on the same page with the team. I regretted mentioning 9-11 in my message that day 
and I immediately apologized to the team. Not only was 9-11 a horrific event in our country's history, but a day, but a day that I lost a good family friend. And so with that, I'll turn it over to answer any questions you might have. Oh, we have questions. We have questions. Starting with, what the hell, dude? Followed by, was there an actual apology in there? You said that you apologized to the team four years ago. <laughs> what about an apology to, to all of life? What about an apology to everybody with a functioning brain? Listen, it's awful that you lost a family friend on that day. That's tragic. All the more reason that your use of this analogy is completely inappropriate and absurd. Using a dead family friend for cover does not make you look sympathetic. It makes you look like even more of an asshat, frankly. You of all the people should know. You lost somebody that you love, somebody close to you. You of all people should know how absurd that is. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And somehow what he said yesterday only made it worse. There's obviously no context we're using 9-11 hijackers as an example of great teamwork and communication makes any sense at all. If that's your example of great teamwork and communication, then you probably should not be leading anybody anywhere, much less leading a professional football team. What's next? How Oge's agility made him such an effective double murderer? Uh, Allegedly. How can anybody be this dumb, much less a head coach in the NFL? How can anybody be this dumb, at the same time, this horrendous at accepting accountability? That Ty Dunn piece basically hammered home the main point that McDermott never takes accountability for anything. And that Sean's response to that was to find the nearest podium and take no accountability for maybe the dumbest thing an NFL coach has ever said to a team. Again, even Mr. I'm the head ball coach, I'll kick you whenever the bleep I want. I'm the ball coach, I'll kick you whenever I want. Can't believe that this dude actually said that in a team meeting. Like, there was no fixing that. There was no undoing that. But I can't believe that he showed up and made it even worse. And he did yesterday. He made it even worse. The only move at that point is to stand up there and completely own that, say that it was a terrible mistake on my part. It should have never happened. I should have never said it. I have no excuse whatsoever. I am deeply sorry, period. Not I'm deeply sorry for who I offended. Not I apologized to my team four years ago. I should have never said that. I have no excuse for saying that. I regret saying that. I am very, very sorry. It will never happen again. Period. Not my intent was to discuss the importance of communication. And I regret mentioning 9-11 in my message. And I apologized to the team four years ago. And I lost a family friend on that day. Any questions? Which is what the guy actually did yesterday. He must have thought that was going to help. 
only it made it worse. He got to say, Mafia, you know what? I'm starting to get an idea as to why this team can't get over the hump. I'm starting to get an idea why the team cannot get over the hump with this dude leading it. Hey, Mafia, what's your reaction? Because as far as I can tell, you had already lost all faith in this guy. Now what is your reaction? Where are you at with him now? I mean, you talk about a dude who could not afford this. You talk about a nightmare of a bill season that somehow just got even more and more nightmarish. Imagine Rick and Buffalo right about now. Dude, seriously, I'm worried about you. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe through your nose. Breathe in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth. You know that dude is losing his mind somewhere all over again. I called for McDermott's head after the playoff loss against KC, but now I'm demanding for it. And how in the hell does a head coach not grab every single DB by the face mask before that fourth and 18 prayer and scream, knock it down or pack your effing bags. Time for me to throw on the headset, Jim. I'll turn this damn thing around in a friggin' flash. How did he think that that was okay? How did he think that that was a good idea? I get that head coaches run out of ways to motivate their team. I get that head coaches want to make sure these guys stick together, stay together, have each other's backs. How did that guy think that that was a good idea? That's incredible to me. That guy makes Herb sound smart. Not only is this gambling game hard, dog. That rapping game is hard, dog. I'm starting to actually hate it. Just kidding. We live to fight another day. Like the players and coaches themselves say, you flush it and you move on. You don't just stare at it. Only one game. Only one game, even if the Steelers did lay down in that game for the second week in a row, with a trip to the playoffs, hanging in the balance, even if Mitch Trubisky was worse than he has ever been. Thank you. Worse than he's ever been with his career hanging in the balance. Just one game. Just one game. Let's get right. Let's get that deuce and flush it. And not just stare at it in the toilet. We're going to flush it and move on. We're going to flush it and move on. Head, are you ready to do this? Yes, sir. You should have hit the uh, strange Zeke prop, Jim, and you'd be in a good mood, man. You're right, dude. You're exactly right. I forgot to do that. I don't know that I'd be in a good mood, but I'd be in a better mood. That's the hedge. Less salty, right? right? Exactly right. Mm -hmm. All right, so we keep talking about how, let's get into this. You're right. right. You hit that one. You hit that one early, too. Took the edge off. We keep talking about how nobody has separated themselves from the pack in the AFC. I mean, who is the team to beat there, right? Mm -hmm. Tough to say, but... It might be the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Tough to say, but it might be the Ravens. They are at home. They're hosting the Rams. What is the number? Who you got? That's our first pick. I'm laying the seven and a half points and going with Baltimore here. Uh, Look, the Rams are playing great. The past two weeks with the return of Kyron Williams, they've averaged 428 yards per game of offense. That's Miami bleep right there. And sorry to that one dude who had those mother-bleeping snakes on that mother-bleeping plane who wants to get rid of Sean McVay. But this is, without question, one of Sean's best coaching jobs. But let's not confuse an elite coaching job 
with an elite coaching or an elite overall team like Baltimore is. This is a major step <laughs> Dude, up in weight for you, LA. You were setting up a good line right there, and you I just was, butchered right? it, butchered and Alvin hammered one. you, man. Yeah. Point I being, see you though, working. Alvin. I see you working. Yeah. Major step poor up in weight for Poor execution, dude. Good thought, poor execution. And every time the Rams have played a true Super Bowl yeah. contender this season. Rex yeah. just dunked on you, dude. Yeah. Right yeah. in my face. Right in my was face. Was that a question? They've, they've, was, it, they've, was that a take? Was that, was that, was that a pick? Rex again. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, Rams play bad against good teams, is my point. And Baltimore has the top rushing right attack in, in the bed. NFL. Their defense allows the second fewest yards, the fewest points, and happens to have the most sacks in all of football. And this might be an ugly-ass game weather-wise, which is an advantage for the Ravens. Oh, and they're coming off a bye. L.A. is flying across the country. And Lamar Jackson is 18-1 and via the NFC. Ravens minus 7.5. Wow. 18-1. and 18-1, 6-0 and against the NFC West. You got a hook. There is that hook. We mm -hmm. hate the hook. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you like the hook. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The Rams have won three straight. You're right. They, they're playing really well. They put yep. themselves back in the playoff hunt. And I want to reiterate, Sean McVay is doing a hell of a job this year. Yes. However, Baltimore is angling for the top seed in the AFC, especially since Jacksonville proved that they don't want it. They are coming off the bye, as you point out. I what hate the that? hook. But I will play them. It is a big number, but I like the Ravens. I will lay the points. Nice. All right. Tell you what. You know that whole rap about there's no such thing as bad pizza. There's no such thing as bad sex. There's mm -hmm. no such thing as bad football. Mm -hmm. ah, wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong on all three counts. There actually is bad pizza. There actually is bad sex, and I know mm -hmm. there's bad football. Mm -hmm. I present to you wrong. Saints v. Panthers. I have no interest Saints. in the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I could not be more disappointed than I am in the Saints. Mm -hmm. But, but mm -hmm. I'm addicted to trash football. <laughs> Frankly, that's what this is, right? What is the ass but. line and what is your ass pick? So I'm kind of pissed off about this game, but uh, for different reasons. Um, I why really are we talking about it? Well, but. I really thought we were finally going to see the return of Jameis. I mean, who does not want to see this guy? True. I was True. Uh, disciplined for one game against John Carroll for uh, laughing at my coach because he cried and uh, he felt uh, that I was I disrespected him. Seriously, <laughs> do we want that guy or this guy, emotional Derek? And for that to be the result of all that effort... Pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. Laughing at my coach because he cried. Hard. Just like James the coach what? in high school. Right? Tough call. Who do we want? Mm -hmm. like I said, no, no disrespect intended. No disrespect Jameis. whatsoever. Jameis. And, and while it's still unclear who will be under center for sure, emotional Derek is practicing, and I'm still taking the Saints and laying the five ED either too. way. Yeah. ED. They, they should be able to move the ball on the 31st-ranked defense that happens to also Do you know why you can remember that, ways? mnemonic ED? Because ED? you have it. hey -o. <laughs> Good sponsor. I'll take the money. Not ashamed. They're playing against Carolina Panthers is my point. Um, the Saints' defense is extremely average, and their coaches are horrible, but it's still the Panthers. Somehow, some way, they keep finding a way to get worse on offense. They haven't scored 20 points since uh, before their bye week. Chris Tabor's optimism is annoying for sure and scares me a little bit, but in a battle of the two worst ATS teams in football, I'm taking the worst one in football, the Saints, who cover 18.2% of their games. 
Saints minus five. I mean, only in the NFC South can you lose three straight, be one of the biggest underachievers in the league, and still be right in the hunt. Mm-hmm. That's the Saints. Mm-hmm. The only positive thing that I can say about them, well, that, and the fact that they're not the Panthers, the most dysfunctional outfit that I've seen in quite some time. The mm-hmm. Saints have cost me a boatload this year. Oh, boy. But, man, I want to see Jameis. I yes. want to see Jameis. I want to hear Jameis. I want, I'm all about Jameis. We well, love Jameis. This is a big Jameis house. So for that reason, as angry as I am with the Saints, for all the money they've cost me this year, I am going to take them, and I will lay the points too. Love and, it. And you know why? Only because Jameis is on their team, period. And he, That's and it. he laughed at his coach who cried. That's funny. Love him. Love Laughing him. at my coach. All right, good news is not all matchups are ass. In fact, there's some kick-ass matchups, yes, sir. some marquee matchups. We've got the Cowboys and the Eagles and that showdown. Philly got mugged by Frisco last week. Mm-hmm. Cowboys have won four straight. They're lighting it up offensively, and Dak ain't whack. Mm-hmm. Not of late. Dak ain't whack. Mm-hmm. What is the number? What are you doing? I have to hear. What are you Dallas doing with is this favored game? by three and a half points. Get this. They've outscored their opponents by 127 more points than the Eagles have this season. But wow. as we know, they haven't beaten one team over 500. I say they do Sunday night and cover. I'm going with the Cowboys. Uh, they about had them in Philly last you, time. Dude. Yes. And I feel the Cowboys defense was probably looking ahead to this as they were not good against Seattle last week. And yes, a lot of attention for Philly is being paid um, about keeping Jalen Hurts in the pocket and them not focusing on the run game. I think he can flush that stuff, move on, and be better on offense. But Philly's biggest problem is that defense. After holding the Miami Dolphins to their fewest yards of any game they've played this season in Week 7, they've given up an average of 438 yards per game since a year ago. They were the NFL's best defense yardage-wise under Mr. Charisma himself, Jonathan shot out of a cannon Gannon. What's up, I think Bert on gang? Sunday, that guy right there. I think on Sunday. What's up, Big Head? Ready to get to work. Buckle up. Buckle up, Big Head. JT the robot. Yeah. Ready to butcher the English language. Buckle What's up, up Big Head. Always ready to do that. I think on Sunday, Big Mike has that A1C level back on track. He shows up in the Cowboys show out. Dallas minus three and a half. Wow, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Philly is not what they were last year for the reasons you mentioned. And also because, well, we saw it. They got their faces broken by Frisco last week. That's not just one bad game. That was not just one bad game. I mean, that was one really bad game for Philly. Mm-hmm. But it's not just one bad game. That's not right. just a one-off this is who they are, but Dallas is in Frisco, and I think the Eagle pride is going to kick in after that mug job by Frisco. And you know Chris Sirianni has been hammering his team all week long with less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Hmm. Equals talent takeover. Less Jeez. thinking equals talent takeover. Say it with me. Less thinking equals talent takeover. We need a less thinking equals talent takeover alarm. Yeah, that'd be great. Here's what I think. Modern day Lombardi. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Equals talent takeover. We need an alarm for everything now. We do. It's funny. I, I think less thinking does equal talent takeover. So I am not going to overthink this. I will go against you. I will take Philly and the points, and this is the one time where I like that hook. Philly plus three and a half. All right. 
As if Sean McDermott did not have enough problems, Head. Now he's oh, got another dude. one. The guy was already under fire, rightfully so. And him trying to motivate his team back in 2019 by crediting the terrorists for their organization and all being on the same not page smart. is not only one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It sure as hell didn't help them then. And I know it's not helping him right now. Do you think somehow they get right against the defending champs? And how are you playing this game, Bills v. Chiefs? So the Chiefs are favored by one and a half. But first off, side note, the Josh Allen hot take world of he's sucking ass is at an all-time high here. My big fat head is going to pop. He's elite, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and a generational talent. Does he turn the ball over too much? Yes, but so did John Elway, Brett Favre, and even Patrick Mahomes, too, which you never hear about. Hell, on the season, Josh Allen, the only person anyone Josh talks Allen about, has can't. four well, dude, more when, turnovers. When, when did he become part of your family like the Shannon? You're mad. Uh, love Josh Allen. I'm Josh pissed off Allen. about this stuff because that's all anybody talks about is Josh Allen. You're pissed Allen. off for Josh greatness, Allen. dude. I'm pissed off about this stuff. Josh Big Allen. time. Four more turnovers than Mahomes, but he also has 11 more touchdowns than he does. In the last four seasons, Josh by the Allen. way, Josh Allen's Bills Josh have Allen. scored more points than Patrick Mahomes' offense. Josh now Allen. imagine if Josh Allen Josh was working Allen. with Andy Reid or a Kyle Shanahan or a Josh Sean McVay Allen. instead of a Ken Dorsey of the world like he was. For real, hot takers are giving this guy as Josh much respect Allen. as the one reporter who uh, blew ass in the big cat's face earlier this week. Did you see it that? It wasn't great feeling uh, last game, but... Um... <laughs> Can we get an alarm for that one? Hey, hey, do you spend your days scouring the internet for flatulence? It's actually funny that the clones just, you know, you know, tweeted at me now you know why it's your brand it is my brand it's not a brand to be proud of either i know unless you're a nine-year-old on tiktok junior high junior high right here as for the game i'm taking elementary school right here (laughs) an elementary school level of intelligence and education and maturity all fair assessments right there thank you Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Allen in the point and a half I'm taking. I think the Bills will run the football with success. And the Chiefs have scored fewer than 21 points four times in their last five games. Wow. I'm going with Rick and Buffalo and Blind Terry's Buffalo Bills plus one and a half. All right, so the Chiefs look nothing like the defending world champs. The Bills, did you see it going with the Chiefs or the Bills? So I say Bills Rick and plus one and a half. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen. I didn't see that coming. Oh, yeah. All right, so the Chiefs Josh look nothing Allen. like the defending world champs. The Bills could not be more disappointing. The matchup looks nothing like it did when the schedule came out and we all had it circled. The Chiefs' offense is a shell of its former self. We know that none of the receivers can catch the ball. Even their defense that was so much better than that high-powered offense earlier this year has regressed to the mean. True. All that said, mm-hmm. it's only a point and a half. Mm. They are at home. Buffalo is a distracted, dysfunctional, busted-up mess right now. I will go against you. I will lay the point and a half. KC minus one and a half. All right. What do you say? So you and I, that's two in a row we've gone against each other. Yep. And lately you've been right more than I have. Hmm. I don't know about Let's that. Let's go. Yeah, you have. You have. I'll own that. Mm. Why don't we go to a legendary jungle team? The Houston Texans, the best story in the NFL right now. I'm not even going to pretend I love the Texans. And while I don't root for anybody, I root for the Texans because they are an amazing jungle team. In fact, right now, they're the top-ranked jungle team in terms of the karma. I love these guys. I can't get enough of these guys. Shout-out to my dude, the legend, Nick Casario, for staying the course, building this budding monster, Mm. Texans versus the catastrophic Jets. 
I don't even care what the number is. Spoiler alert. You know I'm not going against my guys, but I'll take your pick and the number. What is it? How are you playing it? Yeah, your Houston Texans are favored by three and a half points on the road in the return. Should of be the 23 Coug- and a half. It should be 20. It should be a lot, right? It's the yes. return of the Coog Hunter, though. And by the way, where's baby boy? Where is baby boy? I haven't heard from Where him. Where is Eddie? East Coast, Madden, L.A.? He haven't been here for a while. Where is baby boy? Baby boy. Uh, I'm riding What's with the up, Texans. Baby boy? God, I love that. that is you great. like that guy, don't you? I love that sound, too. Uh, I'm amazing. always blown away by what you hate and what you love. I know. It is yeah. complex. Fart <laughs> jokes and... Yeah, you're a very simple guy with a big head, but it is complex. <laughs> I agree. But, uh, uh, I'm riding with the Texans in the battle of two former good. colleagues in D'Amico Ryans and Mopin Bob Sala. I do think it's a tricky game for Houston, though. They are young. They don't have Tank Dell, and their offensive line is banged up going against a good Jets defense. Normally, a rookie would also overlook this, um, maybe. But as we know, C.J. Stroud is not that guy. He is the leading passer in the NFL. He's on pace to throw for 5,000 yards. He just has to protect the football, but he has all season. The Texans, O is better than the Jets' offense, as we know. And actually, on the season, D'Amico's defense is allowing fewer points than Mopin Bob's. But barely, it's true. Uh, ATS has a home underdog. Mopin Bob has covered only 40% of his games in that role since he's been a head coach. Texans minus three and a half. All right, then. I'm not going to belabor this, but let me go back for a flashback Friday, a take. Mm-hmm. Let me take you back to Raider Charger week back in the day <laughs> when the theme was Char- Chargers rule, Raiders suck, good night now. I'm not saying this is a rivalry like that was back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, like back in the day when Raider fan actually bit Charger fans' ear off in a barroom brawl in San Diego. Or was it the other way around? I can never remember, but it did happen. (laughs) Gotta be However, Mm -hmm. yeah, however, I mean, I don't even know. It Mm -hmm. it was one or the other. Mm -hmm. I will reset Mm. the vernacular from the day as it relates to this. Texans rule, Jets are ass, (laughs) and I am more than happy to lay the points with my dudes, even with the dreaded hook. Texans minus three and a half, and I'll feel good about that one. Love to see it. Love to see it. Do you see anything else you like? Do you have any props, or are you going to stick with the five? Just the five here. Ravens minus seven and a half v. Rams. Saints minus five v. Panthers. Cowboys minus three and a half v. Eagles. Bills plus one one and a half on the road at Chiefs. Texans minus three and a half at Jets. All right. I like the energy. Let's get paid, Head. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. James Kelly, big head bets. The Bengals jumped off sides. <laughs> really good is hard Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. What's going on? All right, we've got a whole lot to get done. It's going to be a good day. Really good day because we've got some hot topics. Why don't we start with Michigan Man. Just kidding. Yeah, because I was going to do that. Never going to happen. Hey, Jack Savage, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be fighting the entire state of Florida right now? Yeah! Big Dom right there. Big in the Dom. No, like Big Dom almost Dom made Kyle Shanahan's head explode. I tried my hardest not to lose my mind. Hopefully I didn't embarrass myself too bad. Big Dom doing his job. Too bad nobody else on Philly did theirs. Still, do you want to stay here? I'm looking forward to this week getting ready for a steal. If you do want to stay, you might want to try to score some points. I mean, you do know that you're still the worst team in the AFC, right? Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to this weekend. Bill right looking forward to the Steelers makes that a party of one. <laughs> Ross Tucker, he is everywhere. I never lay 10 in the NFL. I would not lay 10 in the NFL, it, even as much as I like the Jaguars in that game. We get Michigan. Washington, Texas, and Alabama, which means that Florida State is How do you out? take a school with one loss over a school that's undefeated? That's how. Because they can't. Yeah, but Florida State's more deserving. I agree with that, too. But more deserving has nothing to do with it. Then watch Florida State get screwed. It's bullshit. I want your golden whoa, ticket. Whoa, 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 dude, dude. Guess who they played? You'll love this one. Norv Turner. The assembly line at the Pineapple Factory, which then later exploded. I, I know, good one. What is your process for selecting the music? Well, I go on tour. I check out all these new bands. And I'm totally <laughs> you're, connected. You're in, the, to you're in clubs. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally connected with the heavy metal uh, community. As those people. He's got his arms draped around two trainers and not putting any pressure on his leg. Did they make him walk to the hospital for X-rays? Also, I'm guessing that guy would have taken a car. Named a Paul Pierce wheelchair. Was the golf cart guy doing donuts in the parking lot? Will Anderson Jr. is my guest. Could you have landed in a better spot than you did? Absolutely not, man. I'm so happy to be here, man. And I was telling my eight, I was like, Nicole, I don't care what you got to do to tell Houston. I want to be there so bad. Stepping on your neck, just might as well slit their throat while we're here. You, know you want to know why Cincinnati walked out of there with their first MNF road win since 1990? Might as well slit their throat. That's why. Uh, RG3. The college ball playoff committee got it wrong, but I've been even more upset with the excuses that are being made. Don't sit here and, and pee on me or pee on Florida State or pee on Georgia. And tell them it's just rain. And it's your feel sorry for them that they don't have an umbrella. Yeah, we met with him. We met with Shohei. And uh, we talked. And uh, I think it went well. Holy crap. He went there. Man, you want to talk about an earthquake. How are any of my monitors still up? How is this studio still standing? Sean Lewis, knowing what you know now, do you regret the decision to go to Boulder? No, not at all. I did not make that that leap of faith and make that move. We wouldn't be talking today, Jim. Coach gave me a tremendous opportunity, and, and I'm grateful for it. Randy Johnson berating a photographer and now loving photography would be like Nancy Kerrigan selling lead pipes. Right? John Morosi joining us from the airport in Nashville. No one should be criticizing Dave Roberts for acknowledging a meeting in which, by the way, it was all very complimentary. And I find it, use the word, absurd. What's your beef? Yeah, my beef with deadbeat dads who show up once every three months with a stuffed animal for a teenager. What's your beef? The College Football Playoff Committee. Alabama looked as bad against Auburn and Arkansas and uh, South Florida as they looked good against... Uh-oh. Uh, in contrast... My beef is with the producers who made that poor sap selling produce dance with her. Hey, Todd, no longer in Hermosa. You're also no longer in the jungle. Fuck! You're gone, dude. Because this is what we do. This is who we are. They couldn't lead a hooker to bed with a sack full of 50s. You know that? Alvi, we may have ourselves a little business play here. Creating do, 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 alarms do. for people who suck. Do, 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 do. It's a lot of people who do, suck. Do, do, do. The I'm taking the Sandy Hook and Lateral out of our playbook, signed Sean. And so with that, I'll turn it over to answer any questions you might have. That he didn't like the format. Now he's done a complete 180. Do a 180? Nope. Want to know how everybody's feeling in Buffalo? It was a general consensus of being sick of it, and now it's just sick. You just can't f- around and, uh, oh, s***. At your wife's boyfriend? Yo. Wore the rocket and ate it up on everybody. Oh, my goodness. Joey did their best to fill it up. Something went wrong. Mm. No, I appreciate it. Great interview. Thank you. Bye, old trapper. Bye, old trapper.
by Old Trapper. Pumped up or get fit or get turned. Big Shohei Hortons. I'm a man. I'm a man. Shocky little bitch. I know. I know. Charlie Weiss. That is good. That is Pumping her for a baby batter? What? <laughs> Did you kill the nitro machine? Happy Friday, Junior. Good night now. Good night now.